The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sound. Traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Chits. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on, too. You know, I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Chits. Hello, and welcome to. Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have a story about a snake on a plane, something really crazy falling into the airplane toilet, (laughs) an Italy story, a Star Trek story, and so much, much more. had a friend visiting and she is a friend from my original airline People Express. So many years ago when I was 21 years old, I got hired at People Express and they basically said, you know, you'll be starting training in Newark in under a week. And I had absolutely no money. I didn't even have a car at that point. So I was really overwhelmed. The other thing is it was a, you know, a low cost airline, so they did not provide housing during training. So all of a sudden, I need to buy a car, find a place to live in another state in a matter of days. (laughs) And you know, to a 21-year-old broke person, it's a huge deal. And I met this tall, thin, pretty redhead at the airport when I had been at my interview, and she said, hey, look, uh, I'm going to fly up to um, New Jersey, and I'm going to look for a house, and then I'm going to contact a lot of people who are going to be in our training class, and we can all live together, so this way it won't cost as much since none of us have any money. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) sign me up. And sure enough, she found a house, a bunch of us lived together, and uh, we now work at different airlines, but we've kept in touch, and she's one of these people who just gets things done. You know, she, she connects the dots. She's She's calm. She lives out in the country. She sees a lot of critters, so not, nothing really um, riles her up. So she was telling me a story. I didn't have my recorder because we were uh, went kayaking. Got to see a lot of dolphins, but I, I didn't bring my recorder with me. But she was saying, uh, yeah, you know, one day I'm, I'm in the galley, and this woman comes back to the galley. She's in her, like, mid-40s, and uh, she says, um... I think that maybe the kid at 12A might possibly maybe 
have a uh, snake in his bag. And my friend's like, uh, so why do you think the kid at 12A has a snake in his bag? She's like, I, I'm i pretty sure uh, that he has a snake in his bag. And she's like, why? Did you see the snake? What? What? How, why would you think a kid has a snake in his bag? And she's like, well, um, he's my stepson and he found a snake earlier today and we told him to get rid of it, but I'm pretty sure he didn't and he still has it in his backpack. So my friend was like, uh, okay, I'll take care of it. And the lady was like, but, um, you know, uh, we, you know, we don't have the best relationship. And I don't want him to know that uh, I'm ratting him out. And, and, and she's like, no, it's okay. I'll take care of it. He'll never know he had anything to do with it. And the woman's kind of looking at her like, really? You're going to take care of a snake in a bag? And how are you doing this? So my friend calmly goes and sits down at 12B, sits next to the kid and goes, uh, dude, uh, any chance you have a snake in your rat pack? And the kid's like, snake? Why would I have a snake in my backpack? What? What are you talking about? And she's like, uh, dude, um, the security screener saw something wiggling in your backpack, and they have decided that you might have a snake in your backpack. And the kid immediately folds. He goes, I, I never get to have a pet. And now I have a pet. They want to take it from me, and it's unfair. <laughs> And my friend's all calm, and she's like, uh, dude, you know, um, you shouldn't be taking the snake, you know. You're going to take it to another state. You know, it's probably going to die, and you can get in a lot of trouble, you know, bringing a snake on a plane. So she goes, this, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go get a bag. I'm going to get the snake out of your backpack, put it in a bag, take it out on the jetway, give it to the ramp guys, and tell them to go release it out in that grassy area over there. And uh, that's what we're doing. The kid's like... It's my pet. Not fair. I don't ever get to keep anything. And she's like, dude, the other choice is we're going to get security. They're going to take you off the plane. You're going to be in big trouble. You're not allowed to bring a snake on the plane. <laughs> and you're not going to get to keep a snake anyway. And he was like, okay, fine. So my friend calmly goes and gets a recycle bag, puts her hand in it like you would pick up dog poop. And reaches into the kid's backpack, pulls out this like seven inch brown wiggling snake, takes the plastic, puts it back around it, ties it up, takes it on the jetway, gives it to the ramp guys, tell them to go put it out in the grass. <laughs> now, whether or not that the ramp guys, <laughs> they're probably more scared than my friend, took the snake out in the grass or threw it away or whatever, we don't know. But all I can say is that woman the stepson they could not have asked for a better person to deal with their snake on a plane because 999 out of a thousand flight attendants would not be handling the snake <laughs> the captain told me the story of the uh, they had to dump the lavatory toilets because the person's artificial vagina had fallen down in it. Oh my gosh. They're very expensive. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> They're very expensive. <laughs> they make them, you know, in, when the person's in the process of a sex change operation before they have the complete thing done, they have the artificial fitted in there. Uh -huh. And this person's didn't fit so well. So it and fell it out. Fell out in the lavatory. They had to dump. They had to dump 
the toilets because someone's artificial vagina had fallen in the toilet and she wanted it back because it's very expensive. Or he, she. In the last episode, I told stories about my quick trip I took to Naples and the Amalfi Coast. Well, there was one story I didn't get a chance to tell you, but, you know, I went to Pompeii and Herculaneum, and uh, then I went down to Positano uh, on the Amalfi Coast, and one of the attractions in the area that most people tell you not to miss is Capri. Actually, we call it Capri, the island of Capri, but they call it Capri. Anyway. Most of you have heard it probably called Capri. Well, Capri is like a famous Italian island. It's like where the rich and the famous go. It's, you know, celebrities go there for vacation. You know, it's a beautiful Italian island off the coast of Naples. And so I took a day trip on a ferry over there from Positano. And I had read just a little bit about it. And I kind of guessed that it just might not be my kind of an island because it's like full of really expensive designer shops and expensive restaurants. And, you know, that's just above my pay grade. <laughs> you know, like, I, what am I doing with expensive shops? So <laughs> I thought, you know, I'll still go. You know, it'll be a nice day trip and, you know, I can look around. And I knew there was a tourist attraction there called the Blue Grotto or, you know, Grotta Azura. You know, and uh, I've been to other things similar to that. It's like a cave where, where the water in it is really, really bright blue. So I've, I think there's like emerald grottos too. <laughs> anyway, I get to Capri or Capri and there are a lot of people coming over for a day trip. Uh, I think it's a really popular thing to do. And because of that, there were these really long lines to go to the Blue Grotto and I it's just against my grain to do something that looks like ultra touristy and uh, let alone wait in line with a bunch of other people. So I kind of thought, oh, you know, I won't do that. Plus, I didn't really know. I was thinking, okay, so it's a cave with blue water. It didn't sound that exciting. But later on in the day, I kind of had my fill of walking around outside of expensive shops. I'm afraid to go into those places. (laughs) It really is pretty. I had to, you know, I walked around, saw some nice views and everything. They have, um, convertible taxis there. That's how fancy, posh, and snazzy this island is. I've never seen convertible taxis before. They were beautiful. But anyway, I had had my fill of uh, the, the expensive shops, so I had gone back down to, you know, where I came in, where the ferry was, where the lines for the Blue Grotto was, and now there's, now it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, and there's nobody waiting. And I thought, oh, all right, well, you know, I got the time, and you know, it, it's supposed to be something you're not supposed to miss while you're there. So I was like, okay, I didn't know too much about it. And I'm um, waiting to go to get a boat. <laughs> There's a flight attendant, a guy flight attendant, his boyfriend <laughs> from another airline. I'm like, yeah, these airline folks were everywhere. <laughs> but you know, you also immediately get along because, you know, you have stuff in common. So we take the boat. It's kind of a nice boat ride. You get nice views. And then they tell you you're going to transfer into a rowboat. Uh... I guess I shouldn't have thought that was surprising, but I kind of thought, all right. So, you know, the three of us get in the rowboat and I go to sit down on the little like bench thing, seats that go around the rowboat. He's like, no, 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 get down on the floor. And I was like, get down on the floor. I was like, all right. So, you know, I got down on the floor and the other two guys got down on the floor. And then he was like, okay, we're going to go in and and you got to, you can't have any part of your body outside of, you know, 
the rowboat. You have to literally lay completely flat on the floor of the rowboat. I'm thinking, what's that? Lay completely flat? I was <laughs> so stupid. I was like, why do I have to do this? <laughs> but the reason you have to do this and the reason why the Blue Grotto is a Blue Grotto is because the entrance to the cave is so small that such little light comes in that makes that lights up the inside of the blue grotto and that's what makes it this pretty light blue color but also because it's so small you can only go in rowboats and you have to get in without anything sticking up out of the rowboat or else you'll knock yourself out you know because it's only a, so he, and it was impressive i have to tell you because he had to there's waves and everything and he has to pull himself in there's like this chain rope thing and you have to pull wait for the waves to be right and pull yourself in and he has to duck down and lay down the last minute because otherwise you know <laughs> you don't have a dead entrance into the blue grotto so i had no idea this stuff was going i didn't know i was getting into this so you know they're like lay down i'm like okay and then he like pulled himself in and all this water came into the rowboat and i was like ah! <laughs> and i was laughing hysterically because i had no idea that there was i didn't know it was this um you know it was this difficult to get into the blue grotto and then once you get in there they start to sing so i had i that's how stupid I am, too. I thought, I, 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 the only part I had read about the Blue Grotto is that they sing when they're in there. So I thought, oh, I'll bring my recorder because I could, you know, record it for the podcast. I'm singing inside the Blue Grotto. So it was kind of almost stupid of me because I didn't know we were getting wet. I didn't know we were laying in the floor of a rowboat. I got my recorder out. <laughs> Luckily, it survived just fine. But here's what it sounded like inside the Blue Grotto in Capri, Italy. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, we couldn't get a hold of anybody on the phone because we were in the dead zone. Um, my daughter has asthma, so I know that um, a little bit about it. And I, I knew. Vodka. Does that help? No. Um, I knew we had an EpiPen. Oh yeah. In the black box that we're not supposed to touch. But anyway, I couldn't get anybody. But I had. Um, my Spanish speakers individually talking to people, trying to find like ER doctor, anybody, anything. So I'm standing there 
and I've gotten the black box out and I'm looking for the inhaler. Yeah. But actually, I was looking for the EpiPen, but I found out we have an inhaler in there. So I get the inhaler out and as I'm ready to give it to her, um, you know, I'm still looking for it. The guy, the other flight attendant comes to me and he has this older gentleman that's with him and he goes, he's an acupuncturist. <laughs> I looked at him, I was like, if y'all don't get away from me right now, I promise you I'm going to lose it. <laughs> like, you could have brought me I mean, a vet at this point. It would have been a little bit better than yeah. the acupuncturist, you know. And so um, I'm still going through this kit, but as I'm looking out the corner of my eye, I see this man, this acupuncturist, get in there with her. Oh. And he goes down and he starts feeling on her feet. Pushing on her feet. Yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't have any needles. No, he starts putting pressure points on her feet, and I am heated. I'm, but I'm so right, yeah, concentrated on trying to find right. these items that I didn't right. do anything. Well, as I find the inhaler, I turn around. Now this woman was turning blue. She was turning blue by the time, you know, yeah. we were doing all of this. When I turned around, the color was coming back to her face. He had put the pressure points on her feet. And, and, and up here on her chest when she started breathing wow. She did. So you have a new appreciation for acupuncture. I do. I do. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were just, you know, whack doctors yeah. that didn't do. Yeah. But literally, at that point, I was it like, it did. It really did. Yeah, it's good. So I have something exciting happening. Uh, I am now writing a weekly column for Yahoo Travel. Uh, it's a little crazy to me because I uh, I never was a writer. I didn't go to school for writing. All of this writing has come about because of the podcast and because of the podcast listeners. And it's not something that comes naturally to me, but uh, I'm doing it. I, I, I'm writing a <laughs> weekly column. And one of the funny things about it is I got an email from an editor at Yahoo saying we're putting we're launching a new Yahoo travel site. Do you want to write something for it? And because I'm not a writer, and plus I don't know how things work, uh, I said sure. I thought I was just writing. I, I sent her like um, three things. I thought that was it. I didn't. I didn't know. And then she emails me. She's like, "What are you writing for next week's column?" And I'm thinking, next week's column. I, I had no idea it was a weekly thing. <laughs> I'm 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 concerned about that. Like I don't know how much I'm going to have to write. Uh, three months in. <laughs> and here are some other things that are very strange to me. I uh, I do this podcast and I have a lot of control over it, right? Um, this Yahoo travel column, uh, I didn't even come up with the title of it. I didn't even see the title of it until it was already out on the internet. And the title is Confessions of a Fed Up Flight Attendant. And I'm not fed up. You guys know that? I'm like the farthest thing from fed up. <laughs> So I, 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 I got worried that they, you know, with that title, to me, it kind of sounds like they want like a, a snarky type of thing. And I'm not snarky. Um, and also, I've also given myself like four extra deadlines a month when I got a lot of stuff to do. And uh, I sent one thing in and I really liked it. And, and they were like, no, can you write um, the 13 most ridiculous things people say on the plane and I wrote it uh I was on a layover and I had to hurry up and do it it was due the next day and I only read the first four comments I haven't read the comments on the other ones I don't know now they can pray to but I read the first four comments on that 
13 most ridiculous things passengers say on the airplane. And they were they were like, this lady's just complaining. What's she complaining about? And she's making fun of people. And I'm thinking, it wasn't even my idea. <laughs> and then there ended up being like 1,600 comments. So I, I don't know, maybe some of them were positive. But I just decided after that I wasn't reading them because I... Uh, I don't really mean to be complaining, and I certainly am not snarky. And at one point, I was thinking, well, maybe I won't do this. Um, But, you know, it's an opportunity, and I thought, maybe I'll give it a little more time. And sure enough, I think the last two articles have been more, and the one that I that they like that I'm doing for next week are more my own voice. And hopefully maybe maybe they originally wanted a snarky flight attendant, but maybe they'll see that, um, you know, the sunnier side... (laughs) can be good too. So we have some brand new, you know, right out of training flight attendants. And it is wonderful in most ways because I, I like the new people. They're full of enthusiasm. It's kind of fun to show them the ropes. You know, they don't really know hardly anything. And... Sometimes, uh, if you if you have been flying a long time, you take everything for granted. You start taking things for granted just because it's normal. You know, it's second nature. So, so we're flying. We were flying to Amsterdam, and it's a new girl, and and it's time for her to take her break and crew rest. And I says, she goes, "Well, where is it?" Which is so cute in in and of itself because you don't even know where it is. I'm like. Go to the back alley, and the, the flight attendants, will, they'll show you. You have to use a key and stuff. They'll show you how to get in, because we were showing her how to do everything, right? So it's going to be kind of hard for me to explain it to you visually, but it seems very second nature to us. But it's you open a door, and it basically looks like a – it's like the size of a coat closet. And there are planes where it's upstairs – and there's planes, so there's steps going up. But we have quite a few planes where there's a hatch. So there's like a compartment. You lift up on the floor, and then there's stairs that go down. And I have to give her credit. You know, in your house, I bet very few of you have hatches that you lift up and then go down the stairs. You know, it's not a normal thing. So, so she, they open the door for her, expecting her to lift up the hatch and go down the stairs. But instead, she just walked out on top of the hatch. You know, she's... And she's looking around at these blank walls, you know, because <laughs> she's looking for a button or toggle switches like an elevator. If we could have been snarky, <laughs> which I'm not, could have said, you know, oh, the transporter will start any moment. <laughs> but no, they were like, no, 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 <laughs> come on back. You know, they lifted it up for her and then she's like, oh, she sees her stairs. But literally... <laughs> She walked out on top of the hatch and was looking at the blank walls like a deer in the headlight. It was like, where do I go? I feel like I'm talking about myself a lot this podcast, but it's kind of the way life works. You know, everything's just normal and nothing exciting happens. And all of a sudden, a bunch of stuff happens all, you know, in the same month. You know, I just started doing this Yahoo travel column, and I've been doing a monthly little travel segment for this radio station in London. And the guy who does that, Ollie, he does his own podcast, and he has his radio show. And he also did a documentary for the BBC about the first 10 years of podcasting. I was really flattered to be part of it. And 
uh, I'm, I'm in it throughout the whole two-part series, but I, I, I was especially flattered. Here, listen to this little snippet where they, they actually put my intro next to some uh, important folk. Has written in. Helen and I are old friends from university, but in 2007, we decided to take our relationship to the next level. By making a podcast. Back then, we always had to explain what that was. Essentially, it's like a radio show on the internet that listeners can download for free. Yeah, and anyone can make one. Thus, with little more than a microphone, an internet connection and a lot of chutzpah, we started recording the comedy show Answer Me This from my living room in Crystal Palace in suburban London. Simply because we could. Who would have dreamt that seven years later we'd have millions of downloads a year from listeners all around the world? Do you actually want me to answer that question? No. But we're far from the only ones who have pursued this hobby slash profession. Even big stars like Alec Baldwin and Joan Rivers are podcasters now. And there are over a quarter of a million podcasts to choose from. This day in which nothing happens continues to not. Even bodily functions are taking the day off. I still can't do a hey, 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 a big cheery opening, by the way. Have so we started? Yeah, we've started. Oh, right. Is, we've just started just now. Okay, fine. So this is it. All that stuff we were talking about just now? Yeah. That's not on the podcast. No. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to This Week in Tech, the roundtable show that discusses the week's tech news in obsessive detail. Thank you for downloading the Friday Night Comedy Podcast from Radio 4. Find out more, visit bbc.co.uk slash radio4. But not until you've enjoyed this week's news quiz. I'm going to go with the Ozil, because the Ozil sounds a bit like Wurzel, and that puts me in mind of Wurzel Gummidge. Scarecrows, traditionally, are not very good at football. What road are we on? Kingston Road. Kingston Road? Uh, one Kingston Road. That's done. Kingsland. Road. CI10 going through Hackney. Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. You're listening listening to Radio Lab. Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. And NPR. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has just had his towel nicked at the swimming pool. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. I'm Alec Baldwin, and this is Here's the Thing. My chance to talk with artists, policymakers, and performers, to hear their stories, what inspired their creations, what decisions changed their careers, what relationships influenced their work. Well, we lost... Three students last year. This is actually underplaying the bad news. Last year, 21 kids, current and recent Harper students, were wounded by gunshots. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. We have a bear claw. That's a panache. This is a patisserie called a bear claw. Yes. Can I see? Is it that? It's that. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Like a Christmas cake. It's frightening. And here you have a choice. I'd be more frightened by a bear with claws like that than I would by a real one. But until ten years ago... This medium didn't even have a name. I'm Ben Hammersley, and I invented the word podcast. It was for an article in The Guardian. I was writing about this new phenomenon of automatically downloading audio programs. And I was very late on a deadline, and I had to write an extra sentence just to fill out the space. And so I wrote something like, but what do we call it? And then I ended up adding on two or three made-up words. And one of those made-up words was podcasting. And it sort of caught on from there. And now 
10 years later, I stand up on stage somewhere, and I can be in Australia or the Middle East or wherever, and people go, and he invented the word podcast, and the, and the audience goes, ooh. <laughs> I, I just really hope I do something else before I die. When Ben wrote that Guardian article, the shows he was referring to were far removed from the dizzying array of podcasts available today. Back then, podcasts were made by the tech savvy for the tech savvy. I have to admit, I am not an avid Facebook or Twitter user. I I know I should be. I know it's very popular. I just There's only just so much time in the day, but I do check in every once in a while. And... So sometimes I'm a little late or delayed. <laughs> and I, I looked on Twitter and, and there was something from Stefan B. And it was a picture of a flight attendant doll. I've talked about stewardess dolls before, you know, where they're, they're in their little uniform and they have a suitcase. But this doll was curious to me. And he said, the reason why he was sending it to me is there's a stewardess. She's got her su- suitcase. And the printing on the box says, Betty... The stewardess. There's a Betty, the stewardess doll. <laughs> I'm sure it's a coincidence. At least I think it's a coincidence. I, I'm not an egomaniac or, or crazy person to think that they made a doll from my podcast. But I guess you never know. I'm assuming it's a coincidence. But I did some searching and stuff I couldn't find. I thought, well, maybe there's a Betty, there's a Debbie, there's a Judy. <laughs> you know, there's an a- Amber, the stewardess. <laughs> But I couldn't find any other names. <laughs> it's simply Betty the stewardess. And it was, he, he took a picture of the doll in the packaging and he said he saw it for sale in the Hamburg airport. I actually looked online to see if I could find any for sale. He said he would send me one, but I don't, I don't want it. I never like to put people out. Um, but I would like the doll, <laughs> the Betty the stewardess doll. It's just it's just too funny to me that there is such a thing as a Betty the Stewardess doll. So if you like the show and would like to support it, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, if you go to my website first, BettyInTheSky.com, and click on the Amazon links that support the show, and it doesn't cost you any more. Actually, this month people someone bought a nice fuji camera someone bought some star trek dvd so that that's a listener after my own heart <laughs> some pet vitamins and a nice listener named megan had emailed me asking why i don't have amazon canada links on my website so i researched that and got that all linked up and i have that on the website now uh if there are any of you canadians <laughs> gonna buy something on amazon canada just consider going to my website first, bayinthesky.com. Make your purchase. It doesn't cost you anymore, and it supports the show. Thank you so much. Yes, there was this flight attendant, and she would change her wigs oh. in the middle of the day. Oh, wait, in the middle of the flight? In the middle of the day. The middle, in the middle of the day, so like maybe one first flight, two flights she'll have it. <laughs> Melanie Marie changed her wigs. Wait, wait, how many how many wigs did she, did she have with her? Three, four, something like that. She did it on the trips. Every time she changed her wigs during the day, she didn't like it. And one time, when she put the other one, the new one back on, it was kind of askew. And she went through the whole cabin serving like that. And no one told her that it was her wig was crooked. It her hair no, was crooked. Yeah. <laughs> Three 
related stories about being left behind. <laughs> On my flight, this was a few months ago, I was flying to Munich and you know, the crews are, are rather large. You know, th there can be nine flight attendants and three pilots. Um, that, okay, granted, that's not that many people. You would think you could keep track of that many people. <laughs> and usually we do. And normally when I tell a story like this, it's because it's unusual. If it happened all the time, it wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't be different. It wouldn't be novel. But actually, as long as I've been flying, I've been flying many years. We've never left somebody at the airport before, but... Uh, we get to the, um, you know, we get off the plane in Munich and we get outside under the curb and our van's waiting for us. And it was a double decker van, which I personally have never seen before. Um, we always are on one level, <laughs> which was, it was like a novel thing. So like half of the crew went upstairs and half of the crew went downstairs. And normally the purser and or the captain count to make sure we have everyone. I think because it was a novelty double decker bus, we just didn't do it. <laughs> and plus half the people were on the, you know, on the first floor and half the people were on the top floor. I went to the top floor. So I didn't notice somebody was missing because they could easily have been downstairs. So uh, I, I took a nap on, on the van ride and we get there. And one of the other flight attendants says to me, um, have you seen Debbie? And for just a second, shame on me. I was like, who's Debbie? <laughs> like, I just woke up, I took a nap, you know, you're only working with half the crew in one cabin or half the crew in the other. And then I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then I was like, no, I, I haven't seen her. And so <laughs> she mentions to the purser, she's like, um, where's Debbie? And the purser's like, oh, she must be asleep on the, on the van. So she goes to search the van. And I'm thinking, well, I don't think so because her suitcase isn't here. Because we give our suitcases, they put it underneath. And he'd taken our suitcases off and her suitcase wasn't there. And I was like, ooh, we left her at the airport. <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. Luckily, it wasn't as bad a feeling for me because I wasn't in charge. <laughs> if I had been the purser who left her at the airport, I would feel worse. <laughs> and granted, you know, it is, nobody wants to be left anywhere. But at least, you know, Munich is very, Germany is a very civilized place. Not like you're getting left in some place scarier. Uh, so anyway, the purser's feeling terrible. And then we come to find out later, because of course she eventually gets to the hotel. <laughs> she ended up having to take a taxi, a 60 euro taxi ride. Uh, and she, <laughs> when she gets in the taxi, first of all, she says she was right behind us. She had stopped at an ATM to get money. So she, and she was the first one off. So, I mean, we're talking minutes and she said she got out there and she saw the van pulling away her van her van pulling away <laughs> and she thought well they're gonna come back right surely they're, they're gonna they're gonna come back around when they realize I'm not on the van and she's just waiting there and waiting there and sure enough we didn't come back so she got in a taxi and she was trying she doesn't speak German she was trying to explain to the taxi driver that she got left and he was like, they, they, they left you? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, well, were they your friends? And she goes, well, I thought they were. <laughs> Luckily, she had a really good sense of humor about it. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people would not. <laughs> but she did. It was just an honest mistake. So I was telling that story in one of the vans. And uh, actually, on my way to Paris, it's kind of a long-ish van ride. <laughs> And lots of times, lots of times people fall asleep or they go in the back row to sleep. You know, if other people are talking, they try to get away from everyone and, and they take a nap because, you know, you've been up all night. So she said this one girl, she had gone to last row, <laughs> fell asleep. The crew didn't notice. 
<laughs> she didn't get off the van. <laughs> and they they get into their um they get into the hotel and they're thinking, well, where is she? And so I said, oh, she smokes. And there are a lot of people that fly Paris. Paris. Paris attracts smokers. And they like to smoke in Paris. So they said, oh, she's probably out having a cigarette. So they went looking for her. I didn't see her. And they were like, huh, you know, where is she? Well, you know what? She was so tired and so out of it that she slept through everybody getting off the van. He had taken off. He had driven for a while and like gotten back to wherever the van homeland is, you know, the the parking lot, shipyard, wherever they go. <laughs> I never see where they go. And she woke up and she was like, where the blank am I? <laughs> luckily, luckily she woke up, you know, before he like left the van. She could have, you know, at least she still had the driver and he, he managed transportation for her to get back to the hotel. But see, sometimes, you know, you snooze, you get left. I have one more story about this because I do I do like these stories in a way because, you know, it just shows how human we all are. A good friend of mine, this was when I was in L.A. and she had gone to the theater. It hardly ever rains in L.A., but it was pouring down rain. So her, they had gone to the theater, it's after the theater, and her husband was going to get the car. And he was like, you stand here, you know, and I'll go get the car and come around. That's why you don't have to get wet. You know, nice gentlemanly thing to do. And they had this white you know, a four-door car. So this white four-door car pulls up and she opens the door, shuts down her umbrella, gets in, looks over and it's not her husband. She had gotten in the wrong car. So she screamed. She was like, ah! And then he, because when somebody gets in your car, here's a stranger gets in your car and goes, ah! He's like, ah! <laughs> you know, it could happen to anyone. It is curious, uh, the ideas the passengers have about what we should have on board the airplane uh, for the passenger. So three of us are standing in the business class galley, and this woman comes up and says, um, do you have uh, an antacid? And we said, no, you know, we don't, we don't carry those. And she said, you don't have antacids readily available for your passengers? And we are like... No. And she was like, this is unbelievable. And then she, we, we watched her. She went back and she just didn't want to get her bag down. She gets her bag down. She had them in her bag. She just didn't want to get them down. Well, can you imagine if we had to have everything that you might possibly need with your own personal hygiene and um, intestinal <laughs> issues? <laughs> readily available for our passengers so we were standing up there and we were like <laughs> we we're just replaying what she just did with different items and we we're like um yes do you have any clear seal we'd be like no and she'd be like you mean you don't have clear seal readily available for your passengers and we'd be like no and she'd be like unbelievable <laughs> do you have hemorrhoid cream and we'd be like no. And she'd be like, you mean you don't have hemorrhoid cream readily available for your passengers? We'd be like, no. She's like, unbelievable. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not? 
Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.